my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lamberth, recording this on Sunday, December 10th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 690. There's no guest. It's just me. You're getting me on a Sunday morning relatively early post ego waffle breakfast ready to give you some high quality podcasting but uh breaking the fourth wall i don't know how long this one's gonna be because i have therapy in a couple of hours so this is what you get (laughs) is what you're gonna get and um yeah i hope everybody had a good week we're officially in the Christmas season, right after Thanksgiving, or shit, two days before Thanksgiving, it's the Christmas season because you just skip over all that shit, and uh, you get you have your Black Friday and your sales and all this stuff, and uh, it's the holiday season, and I hope everybody enjoys themselves and all of that jazz. I had a really busy week. I, I shot down to Maryland to take care of some stuff for my mother. Shout out to Bill Burr and um, did some things. Actually, my mother's 80th birthday is next Sunday, a week from today. And I will not be able to be there on that day. But uh, we we celebrated her birthday um, on Friday night. My mother's a real stickler for dates. And so... I was like, yeah, this, I, I sent her a, a birthday cake, a coconut cake from Goldbelly. It was from the, the Barefoot Contessa. I think she's like a famous chef or something, I think. And um, I sent her a birthday cake, which I got to taste. I've got, over the years, I've gotten my parents like a, a bunch of stuff 
from Gold Belly, cool stuff, and uh, hadn't had the chance to taste it. Um, so it it was really good. And I actually, I don't know, for some reason, I actually caught a, a sale or I got a discount code or something, and I was able to get some off. And it was, for the taste of that thing, it was really good. So, I mean, Gold Belly... I mean, I mean not, they don't sponsor this show. They should. I've ordered from them several times without having um, uh, um, any sponsorship. No sponsorship at all. This podcast is funded by the listeners. By listeners like you. Like, uh, like PBS. And hey, you, if you, you, spend, you give three bucks a month, you get at least two bonus episodes a month that's a dollar fifty an episode that's something you get my movie reviews you get my letterbox dump there's some backlog interviews the great fonte coleman's been on the show we we've had fun not not even just talking about music so that that's a highlight if you did some people <laughs> some <laughs> motherfucker you know i ain't gonna say some people from high school <laughs> that I know from high school have like logged on like signed up for Patreon just to listen to Fonte and then they like get got rid of the they got rid of the subscription <laughs> what so much support from uh your your people isn't that ironic that 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 record not enough um it's like you don't you don't get love in your own hometown I never looked for anybody in, in my fucking high school to give me any kind of support anyway. But there was, however, shout out shout out to Jenny. Actually, two people. Shout out to Jenny. I'm not going to say her, her govern, full government. When I was working with JL uh, earlier this year, she un- came to the show, didn't... Um, say anything to me on Facebook that she was coming. She came through and shout out to uh, Dennis who, when I was down in Florida came down, came out to see me in Boca and he hit me up on Facebook and was like, hey man, I I didn't know you were here. My wife's sick. We would have came. And I was like, oh, no worries, man. But I I was like, thanks for reaching out. And uh, And then he came the next day. I didn't know he was there. Um... And I had to run out because I was doing that thing where I was headlining in one room and then opening for uh, the great Tim Meadows in uh, in the other in the main room. So two people. That's pretty neat. And um, so, yeah, but everybody else, whatever. (laughs) Also, uh, from from high school, not not everybody in general, but the people, the people like you wouldn't do that. You just wouldn't uh, wouldn't um, subscribe to Patreon. Wow, I'm turned. This is really turning into uh, vintage righteous prick. Uh, like less than five minutes into the show. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the homie JL. Uh, but something that's pretty cool. I got another review. I got another uh, review on Apple Podcasts. Um, here we go. This is from on December second. Tap in. From Sierra Leone Stunna. Firestarter Disciple here. Heard you on Boss Show and others. 
Great pod. I'm tapped in. Well, thank you, Sierra Leone Stunna. I really appreciate that. That makes me feel good. It warms my heart that people have heard me on other shows and they decide to check this out and they like the show. So that's that's what it's about. That's what the community is all about. And I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So back to uh, my mom. Like, so she's turning 80 next week and she's just like, oh, it's not my birthday. It's actually like I got her the cake and she I sent the cake on for it to come on Thursday. And she got it like like late Thursday afternoon. And she's like, oh, thank you. I got she texted me. And she's like, oh, I got the t- the cake. And I was like, thanks. And I, I called her. And I was like, oh, you got it. How what did you try it yet? But she, it has to, you have, they have these instructions and stuff on there. And I said, happy birthday. She said, actually, my birthday is not until. I said, I know, but happy fucking birthday, mom. Jesus Christ. And uh, <laughs> so I got her that we had. I made her, she had mentioned like, I think a cup, I think a, a week or two ago that she said, oh yeah, I want to try some blackened salmon. So I made her some blackened salmon after I logged off of doing my TPS reports. I went to the grocery store and got, she had a, a salmon that was frozen that she was thawing out. I said, just put that back in the freezer. I just want to try a fresh um, piece of salmon and um, just do it that way. So I just followed some uh, recipes on YouTube and just kind of did my own thing, but uh, it turned out good. It was actually really good. And when you put salmon's hard, like I didn't, I didn't get to marinate it, so it, I didn't get to let it sit for a while. But it turned out good. I put, um, I went to Giant, and they had, uh, I had, I think it was Atlantic salmon or whatever it was. But uh, I just, I put the olive oil on it, seasoned it with some thyme, some Creole seasoning and um, paprika. I'm trying to think of what what else I put on it. A little bit of pepper. And I made my own like um, rub and just mixed it in there. Put put this oil on first, mix it in all over. And it turned out really good. And actually like the one of the last little pieces I ate uh, I just put a little hot sauce. I went with the crystal hot sauce, uh, um, and that turned out t- t- tasted really good. My mom said there's still some left over that she ate um, yesterday, so yeah, it was good. And then um, Saturday, yesterday, I made her. I just made us a big ass omelet. Um, I think I used like six eggs. And I put some green peppers and onions and some Tillamook Mexican four cheese. And I went to Honey Baked Ham and just got got like a a pound of ham and just like not put I didn't put the whole pound of ham in there, but I just took some ham from Honey Baked, chopped it up a little bit and uh, made a big ass ham. And I guess you call that a Western omelet. There was no tomato, but essentially a Western omelet, omelet nonetheless. And it turned out really good and so I we had I had that and um yeah it was good so happy birthday to my beloved mother um and uh yeah I'll see her for Christmas I don't know what I'm gonna do for Christmas as far as like what I'm I want to make I don't know turkey you kind of get played out and we didn't have turkey for uh Thanksgiving so we just had, uh, I think I said, I think I might have talked about it. We just had like 
spare ribs that I we I cooked in the uh, instant pot. But I don't know, prime rib. When you have a a black mother, if you're fortunate to have a black mom as old as mine, uh, and you make a prime rib, there's always drama because the meat the meat is supposed to be pink. And you cook it, and it's done, and it's safe to eat. She's gonna want to put it. <laughs> she don't want to put it back in the, back in the little. Uh, she want to put it in the flavor wave, and then make it dark. So you know, <laughs> you know, black people and meat, and um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. Would be nice to have steak and potatoes and some kind of a side steak if not like if not potato salad or greens or i don't know it's just nice to have a a steak and a vegetable that would be good i'm gonna bring that up to her and see but anyway it's good and i I drove back yesterday and um i watched the end season tournament the in season tournament, uh, the the finals, uh, the Lakers and the and the Pacers, that was a really good game. I'm starting to enjoy basketball a lot more. Listening to Gills Arena, uh, just listen to them talk, makes me excited about the game. Also, Cam and Mace, they talk about it, and and Cam and Mace say things that I I think I don't say it as funny as they do, but I really enjoy watching these young players play like i really like tyrese halliburton i like uh maxi in philly i like uh i like seeing the pelicans but they're kind of inconsistent you know they got blown out a couple days ago but i still like those young guys playing pause um (laughs) i enjoy i enjoy watching them play because they're they're not afraid they're not afraid of the vets and they'll they'll give it to them if they get a chance. Pause. So it's like, it's fun. It's fun, and I I got the um, I got the NBA league pass, and you have access to all these games, and it's it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, a lot of times I end up like, oh, I'm gonna watch this, then I'm like knocked out, falling asleep watching it. But uh, it's still fun. I still enjoy it. And uh, I think I'll continue to get to get it. I actually like it a little more than the NFL. I think I just don't have a team. I have now. There's just like a what is it? Is it is it a is it an embarrassment of riches when there's a lot of black quarterbacks now, and now you have to judge them on their play? <laughs> oh man, I I I don't know. Um, but it, it's 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 uh, people are fighting for the playoffs now, and it, NFL is fun to watch. I still think that the best the best thing to do is to get red zone, get red zone, and I, and I think maybe I'm enjoying football, but it's I don't I don't have anything invested. Uh, just that I want the black quarterbacks to win, and I like I like the Ravens. They give Lamar a hard time. Um, yeah. So, where where was I going with that? I think it's because I'm not in a fantasy football league, and I don't have a fantasy football team, so I, I'm not 
100% invested. And then part of me is like, I could go see a movie. But I've never, I haven't done that yet. I don't think I've seen a movie on a Sunday this year, uh, since football season at least. But would I really want to see American fiction, and I have not seen it yet. Shout out to the homie uh, Damian Lemon. He had a, a ticket two weeks ago uh, to a screening, and Jeffrey Wright was there, and Issa Rae was there. And uh, I couldn't go because I, I thought that I was going to be late and going through all that traffic, and I was doing TPS reports all day. So I was like, oh, and then then I had bought a ticket. I prior to that, I had bought a ticket to see it last Saturday at the at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. And just I always I'm I ever since the advent of Google Maps. And when I see all that red and it's not somewhere that I need to be, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good because I've just spent so many years. I think it's just been so many years of like doing shows after work, driving into the city and sometimes driving like driving from the city to Westchester and just seeing that map be blood red. And it's just like, I I don't want to do I was like, yo. I know it's they they always premiere in the major city and I live close to one of the the majors the biggest city in the in the country and it's like it's just such a chore to go and the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn is nice I really do like I really do appreciate when movie theaters give a shit and they care about movies and they want to give you a good experience and it's a nice theater, but it's like you got to drive all the way out there. Traffic is is a, is crazy. And the only time I got to experience that place was because I was already doing a show and I went to a late show. I was doing a show like seven to ten minutes away from that theater. And I was like, yeah, OK, this is great. Um, but it's the traffic is insane. So I don't know, like I, I may try to see it over the weekend or when it I have an appointment on Thursday so I don't know so I may try to see it this weekend because I'm really excited to see that I'm really I'm really hyped other than other than I think Past Lives and American Fiction are the two movies that I've been extremely excited to see now I did find out yesterday that the Iron Claw, the A24 movie, um, there that is coming out soon. And there was an advanced screening this week. So I'm going to see that. I got a ticket for that um, to see it in Dolby, which so I'm excited about that. That trailer looks fantastic and it looks like it's going to be really good. So that's something I'm excited to see. Um, but other than that, there's not that much. And I'm guessing I paid my SAG dues. They want your money. He, 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 you can't. Not, let me. I'm not gonna go against you. It, it is what they want their money, and in order to get those screeners, you have to pay your dues and all that jazz. So it is what it is. But uh, I guess they'll send the link to the screeners, and but you can't even stream it from your MacBook 
to your maybe you can if you do the if you hook the HDMI directly to your your TV but I don't really like I know some of these young people like streaming on their uh, laptop but I don't I like to watch it on my big screen if I'm in a hotel or something I get it but if I'm at home I'd, I'd rather just hook the uh, I'd rather just stream it so whatever this is just me complaining uh, uh, first world problem how come you can't stream the thing it's too far to drive to see this movie I want to see gosh darn it but that's how I feel and those problems those inconveniences they're relative are there things that are more pressing in my life of course there are but it's it's just a lot it's a lot and I, I would love to go to drive and, and I'd love to go see that movie in a cool theater but I don't know maybe I will one day I don't know there's also a and they're just in places that are just, ugh, I think you just have to kind of make a day out of it for some of this stuff. Um, there's a, it's in lower, there's one in lower Manhattan. There's an Alamo there. There's one in Yonkers, but the one, the, the one in Yonkers, I've been to that one quite a few times. I've been there a few times and it's nice. And that's, that's like Yonkers. I mean, I kind of consider that a, that's kind of like a. Do people say that's consider that to be New York State? The parts in Yonkers, I guess Nori Davis would would know that. I mean, we've talked about Yonkers a little bit, but I I when he was on, but I don't know. That that's to me. That's more. That seems suburban to me. Sometimes like that Scarsdale Yonkers. Yeah, that's that's like New York. That's New York. It's Westchester. It's Westchester County. Um. That one's nice, but then, but, but at the same time, I remember trying to go to movies there, wanting to go there, and the times just never worked. When I worked in Westchester, it just never works. So I'd always just go to the AMC up there, um, in Portchester. But okay, this is me rambling about movies. Whatever. I did get to spend some quality time. Quality time with you. Can I still sing that? It's a high five song, but R. Kelly wrote it. Can I still? I'll be right there for you. I know you're tired of the same old line. Me saying I have something to do. I'm here to say that I made up my mind. Cause I really wanna be with you. When my pager goes off, I'll ignore it, baby. Cause I really wanna be with you, girl. Wow, I didn't even know I was gonna go there. I was really vulnerable with you guys in that moment. Uh, R.I.P. to Tony Thompson. Wow. R&B legend, man. But R. Kelly wrote that song. Um, and when I was 13, 14 years old, I didn't know that. I just heard a good song. Um, 
man, Tony Thompson, what a fucking loss. What a talent. I remember when he came out with that with that solo album, <laughs> Sexational. And he had uh he had he had that My Sharia More remix. Not in remix, but he just had that cover. And that was like my favorite song back then. Because uh, I knew it was obviously I knew it was Stevie Wonder, but that that was how I learned how to sing that song was from uh, Tony Thompson. Legend, man. R.I.P. to that, man. I think the homie Tim Miller grew up with them or knew of them um, when he was growing up in Waco. Um damn that was i i loved that r&b shit when i was a kid they don't make that they don't make it like they used to anyway i spent some quality time with spider-man 2 and i have not beat it yet i think i'm like 87 percent or something like that in the story i think i'm almost done because there's a part where i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but I'm cl- I, I know I'm close to the end, but the thing about this game, I think it's great. I saw where the homie, I think the homie Sam said that, <laughs> I think he said it was something like they be like they be they be tricking people like they made it like Madden is kind of like the same game. I think I think I almost think that Andy Klein. I've said this before. He almost. He almost ruined video games for me one time. We were just having a random conversation talking about video games. He doesn't really play anymore. And he was saying something like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the some of these third person games uh, are just kind of like uh, the same thing. It's just like a reasonable, reasonable facsimile of like the same kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of right. And it's like you find the thing. You go to this, you go to this like compass thing and you go on this mission. Then there's a side quest and then there might be this. And it's true. Okay, so so this is so this is what he said. So this is from so he quote tweeted Spider-Man to this thing from discussing film a couple days ago. Spider-Man 2 won zero awards at the Game Awards. It was nominated for seven. And he said. Sam says, I'm playing it. I see why. It's the same game. They're trying to pull some Madden shit with this franchise. <laughs> and I get where he's coming from. And 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 I I I understand it and it's funny, but I mean it's almost like a and I haven't played that much and I know the Grand Theft Auto trailer dropped this past week and everybody was going crazy over it. It looks insane. And I guess I'm I'm probably going to buy it the way that it looks. I never really played them. I maybe played 15 minutes of a Grand Theft Auto game and I really don't remember what I was playing. Um but it was just just this it's Spider-Man open world. Uh it's a little repetitive if you just keep fighting you you just you swing around and it's Spider-Man's my favorite superhero and um you just swing around New York City they've expanded it so there's more stuff to do um 
the boss fights are are pretty intense it's fun but i think if so this is the third the third iteration of the game from insomniac you got the um yeah the one that came out in 2018 yeah miles morales which is really just kind of like a it's essentially a uh dlc um a glorified dlc really and it which is good because you get to play with miles and i like playing with obviously i love playing with miles i think he's great and so this then this third one that comes out three years later you you're doing interesting things and it's it's fun but um yeah it's it's not gonna be that much different um so they're just kind of just building off of what they did in the last year but i I don't the thing that gets with the madden comparison is almost like the um they're not doing those in-game purchases so that's they're not doing that so they're not like bilking you out of money or or um scamming you and stuff but i can i i still think the (laughs) I still think the comparison is funny as hell. I love Sam, man. And if you're new to this, and I, I love talking to Sam, you're new to this podcast. We'll try to get him back on more, but like he's he's one of my favorite people uh, online, and uh, I just enjoy conversations with him. I enjoy his perspective. So if you came here from um, uh, listening to him on this pod, thank you. And if you stayed, thanks even more. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll try to make it happen again um, soon. Um, yeah, like I, I think it, it's it's still really it's really fun. I just I just unboxed my I just uh, unboxed that statue that I got the special edition. It's really cool. Uh, I just got it on my coffee table right now. I gotta clean my fucking apartment and get some move some stuff around and I'll put it somewhere. But it, it is really, I was like, oh, I do really like this, that Venom. Uh, I'm at the point where you meet, you, I don't want to spoil anything, where I've seen Venom in the game. I'll just say that. And uh, it's it's pretty fucking cool. I, I really do like the statue. This, I'm glad that I got it. Uh, nice, uh, uh I don't know trinket or nice some nice memorabilia from the game like a big a big time triple uh, a game it's fun what i the what i don't like about the game there's a lot of bugs in this game i notice where people i remember the homie jl talking about uh god of war the 2018 version how he could never really finish it because he got stuck at a level I'm at, I was at this base where you're fighting this a horde of of uh, warriors and hunters that are trying to get you. It's like just like the first game uh, where you're in a, you're in a a compound and you got to not kill all these people. And I got really far. I did a lot of stealth action and then I got stuck in this little wall area where I was swinging around trying not to get fucking murdered by these people and. I got it. It was it. There's these glitches. I haven't seen any type of patches where they make these updates. And a lot of times people go on YouTube and they post their glitches and stuff for a lot of these other games where I never encountered. Thankfully, knock on wood. I haven't 
I don't think I've encountered, I've don't think I've never had to restart checkpoints as much as I have in Spider-Man two for any game that I've owned for the hundreds of games that I've owned, uh, on PlayStation. And so for people to pay all this money for these games, you shouldn't have that. You should have these patches that update these games. And I'm like fighting kicking people's ass and getting killed and then coming back and then they get stuck and then not trigger the, the next uh, cinematic sequence. I was like, what am I doing? What's going on here? I've never in my life have experienced anything like that. So that's one thing. Two, the story is is compelling. It's so compelling and interesting that you just want to keep going through the story that I haven't upgraded my characters. I haven't really upgraded the skill tree. So now I'm at the point where I'm close to the end, but I need to upgrade Spider-Man and Miles because there's if you don't upgrade and get the, the city tokens, you do these side missions, you don't get a chance to like build up your character enough so you can fight the bosses. So I've noticed, like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I don't considered, I don't consider myself to be like this master gamer, but I'm 43 years old and a child of the eighties and nineties. So I'm pretty good at games and a triple a game like this. Like I, I can, I, I don't, I don't say like, I play the the moderate level, and I think the moderate level on um, uh, Spider Man Two is amazing. And I notice I'm I'm getting my ass kicked a lot. At first, I was trying to be like that Damon Wayans prison character in Living Color with the koofy on. Like, oh, how come Miles gets his ass kicked more than than Peter? Like, that's not right. But then I, I looked back, so that was like a week ago, and I looked, I said, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really upgrading my character. I'm not really upgrading these guys. And so I'm now I'm going back and doing some of these side quests and doing these tasks where I, I think I'm at like in level 32 and trying to build, I'm at a good level, but I need to get these like sequences i need to i need to do these side missions in order to build up um these guys so i can kick people's ass you get to the point where i don't want to spoil anything you get to the point where you have to fight random you know like you're swinging around and you get the alert that there's a crime going on or there's hostages been take that have been taken and then the, the the bad guys are stronger. I'll just say that. And so you get down there, like, yeah, time to kick some, and I get the shit beat out of me. I get the shit beat out of me. And um, it's just like, yo, I, I'm man, okay. So last night when I was playing, I was trying to get like, get, get better at like doing some of these side quests, which are fun. There's actually this side quest I mean, if you're racist, you probably shouldn't play this one. But there's <laughs> there's a side quest where so Miles's mom is like a city council member or something in the government, and they're opening 
I think they're reopening a museum or they're trying to keep a museum open and it's in Harlem, of course. And then like they're uh somebody steals the artifacts from the museum and you you have to go on a search to find out who did it. There's the robbers have taken these musical instruments and uh you you go and um figure out what's going on and you go undercover as miles and you somebody's playing a trumpet at a festival and you say somebody stole like i think it was i think it was was it john charlie bird parker trumpet or something and you find that you got to find the trumpet and then once you find that out you go into the you once you solve that quest you go into the museum because the museum's been open and there's a guy that threatens to take his money away and as you find out some bullshit and then you once you save the day in that regard you get to walk around the museum and you see like um like they have one of josephine baker's costumes one of her dresses and you can look at all the black it's pretty cool it's pretty neat that they put that in the game sometimes i don't know if it's it's if it's if they're trying to if they're if that's trying too hard or what maybe is that just me being a a skeptic i think it's just more on the line, along the lines of like me being skeptical about things but um i think they're trying to get too woke on this fucking video game man i'd get more listeners if i was um if i called spider-man too woke i think um yeah i think i, I probably would but it, it it was just funny to me i always thought like um I really did like Luke Cage, that the Marvel TV show. And every it was just so it was so black in a good way that and there's like, oh, where did he go? I don't know, but we'll find out. Meet me at the Mary Mary McLeod Bethune uh library and then we'll talk it over. And then maybe we'll go to the the uh Carter G. Woodson bake shop. <laughs> we'll go get some cookies at the Carter G. Woodson bake shop. You know, it was just like super, super black. Um, <laughs> uh, meet me at the Bayard Rustin Diner. Um, uh, and save my plate. Save me a plate. Uh, yeah, but it, it overall, it's fun. And it, it's just one of those those fun video games. And you couldn't imagine as somebody who is my age you couldn't not imagine to get to play spider-man in this way and some people have talked about the web wings that you can use to fly that's one of the hardest things to do in the video game i spent an hour trying to fly trying to catch a drone a side quest where you try to get into the slipstream of one of the uh Craven's drones and you're flying around trying to like get the trying to like crack the data so you, until it gets you got to wait till it gets to 100% and you fly all around you fly under the subway you fly and you just got to hold the web wings it's one of the hardest things to do and it's 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 very rewarding when you actually do it but I don't know man some some parts are harder than others but overall it's really fun and i had like the the boss fights are really rewarding coming from somebody that beat metroid dread 
that's the feeling that I got with it. It's another game where it's like you have to execute these moves, and it makes it it makes it really rewarding when you when you beat these characters. And I think that's a really good feeling as a gamer to have when it's like I I, I still think I mean I I would assume that Cuphead is probably one of the hardest games I mean I've, in the modern era that I've played and I have not beat it but I have to go back I need to go back to it but like I just remember giving up like I was like my my thumbs hurt and I the way that I was playing uh Spider-Man 2 my my hands were hurting trying to beat the lizard and trying to beat uh Craven was a was a hard battle but I think sometimes the game the game be cheating in a lot of ways where it's like, no, I know what I'm doing. And because they want to force you into these animations, sometimes uh, that that's kind of a thing, but I don't, I don't worry too much about dying uh, when it comes to like learning how to beat the, beat these bad guys. But I was very frustrated at, at some points where it wouldn't let me recharge or something like that. But Never experienced these many bugs in a game, uh, although the game is very fun. It did remind me of, of playing Metroid Dread, where like the satisfaction of beating a bad guy was really good. So, I mean, you take that how it is, and I, I'll. I'm hoping that um, within the next couple of weeks, I'll I'll beat it. Um, but it is it is really fun. I I do enjoy it. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, how, what am I? I'm like, oh, 40 minutes in. Wow, I, what have I been talking about? <laughs> All right. So, um, the next thing I want to talk about is The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. I haven't gotten to talk about it. So, a couple weeks ago, it it leaked that the game was coming out, and then Naughty Dog put out a trailer. So, this Last of Us Remastered is going to have. The, the thing that this looks exciting to me is the no return, which is the roguelike um, gameplay where you, you can play as 10 characters in the game that you couldn't play with originally in the in the regular Abby Ellie campaign. And you can fight hordes of infected. You can you fight like hunters and or seraphites and all that stuff. That looks pretty fun. Um, the thing that I like about it is that for folks that already have the game, you can pay 10 bucks and you can do this upgrade. A lot of people were complaining about, oh, why do we have to have remastered? I want, I want the whatever the they want. The um, what is I, I they've talked about it so much that I don't even remember the name of the factions is what they wanted. The Last of Us uh, factions for. You know, they're complaining about that. They shelved it, maybe. They're they're not talking about it anymore. I don't know. The world of the game is so compelling and interesting that I'm always going to check for it. I almost bought the special edition and the WLF edition where you get, like, the little trinkets, you get some playing card, like uh, trading cards of characters that were in the video game. But I was like, I got enough shit. 
uh, as much as I would love to do. And I almost, my finger was on the trigger, but I just ended up not doing it. And um, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. But it'll be fun to play um, those scenarios because the gameplay is really great. Regardless of how you felt about the story, the gameplay was terrific. And it was really compelling. It was really like, that game was uh, scary, and the more the more perspective I have on it, uh, as far as like having not played in a while, having been been removed from 2020, three years removed from 2020, it's as crucial as as hardcore as my run was the first time. Uh, it was something, man. It was something to behold. It was a hell of a fucking gaming experience. And stuff had been spoiled for me. But I just... Re- that was just a great time. But it was also hard. It was also just like... It was rough. It was It was just... That game is a lot. I'm, I don't know. And then... Wh- as far as what they're going to do graphically, I don't know how much more they could really do. I remember playing Uncharted 4 on the PlayStation 4 and just saying to myself, if it wasn't even Uncharted 4, it was uh, it might have been Lost Legacy. But you know what? Those two games, playing those two games on the PS4, before The Last of Us Part Two came out, I'm playing these games and I'm saying to myself, my God, if these games look like this and this is a naughty, this is Naughty Dog, how good is The Last of Us going to look? The Last of Us Part Two. And then I get, I buy the PlayStation Pro because they say, you know, like if you, if you don't have your shit together, that PS4 regular ps4 that you got is going to turn into a helicopter a helicopter engine it's going to blow up so I, I got that and then i'm playing the last of us part two i'm like this is the most beautiful game i've ever played horizon zero dawn has its moments that series has its moments it's a beautiful game also but it's like i don't as dark as that game was it still looked fantastic how are they really going to remaster? How are they going to really remaster it for a PlayStation 5? Is it just going to move? Fa- I, I am not. I got to look at one of those digital foundry videos and, and figure out what the difference is. But I'm, I'm going to pay the I'm going to pay the 10 bucks. You got my money, Sony, uh, Naughty Dog, Sony. I'm going to I want to do it. But I just wonder how much. uh better that can be i saw how much better uh the last of us part one was but you're just talking three that that game came out in 2013 that was 10 years ago but now you're telling me you're upgrading this i i don't know we'll see i i'm interested in seeing what they do if they do a part three that's great if they end it like they ended it with ellie walking off into the sunset uh that's fine with me too but if they keep putting us in this world i'm always going to check for it one thing they that they said is it's all but c- 
confirm that Caitlin Deaver is going to play Abby in the on the TV show. And I'm thinking to myself, that's if had they done it, had they produced this show a few years, maybe five or six years ago, Caitlin Deaver would be a great Ellie. She would be a terrific Ellie. Every time I see her, I'm like, she's Ellie. Abby, it almost seems like she's too slight to play Abby. But really, all you have to do, for the most part, is be bigger than Bella Ramsey, which is not going to be a problem. And then out from from the jump, from when I first, you know, saw the when I saw that premiere with the homie Mike Brown uh, earlier this year, almost a year ago, I I said to myself, okay, she's Ellie. I'm sold. And then when you get later on into the series where she's capped captured by David and she bites it. She's like, tell him, tell him it was Ellie or whatever she said when she had the blood on her face, on her lips. I was like, okay, yeah, that's, this is who she's going to be from here on out. And I'm riding with it. I trust, I trust those dudes. I trust Craig Mazin. I trust Neil Druckmann for this show. I'll put my trust in them for these projects. I trusted Neil Druckmann since I played the first one. The video game. Can Caitlyn Deaver pull that off? I think she can. All you got to do you really is suspension of disbelief. And then you think about a video game and how big, how, how big Abby is in the video game where it's like, this is a video game. I was watching this um, because I'm a nerd. I was watching an, another nerd talk about I think he was unboxing he's unboxing that Venom statue I'm watching him unbox unbox his Venom statue and he was talking about oh he was he was talking about Venom and he was talking about like yeah he was talking about this uh, like uh, Hot Toys version of this Venom figure and how amazing it looked and it was so big like Venom is, is so big and he said you know I understand in the video game that Venom, he just made, he, he kind of editorialized. He was saying like, you know, I, I like the fact that Venom is big in the video game and um, he's very menacing and big. But in, in that, in the world of that, of Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man, but, and then he was like, but in, in a, in a movie or some, some, it was some comparison that he made that made me think about Abby as uh, Abby and Caitlin Deaver in the last of us uh, TV series. And it was kind of like, well, how I feel like, yeah, all you got to do is for Abby, all she has to do is be bigger than Bella Ramsey. And you have suspension of disbelief that she can fuck all these people up and that she's fearless and she's made herself into a weapon. And that's that's really all you got to do. And that's what we do when we watch all these movies where uh, you have these female characters kicking ass and fucking people up. That's really all that you have to do. I know Chris Rock used to have a joke that he never really he never put out. But I remember seeing him live at the Stress Factory. He had a really funny bit about 
like women fucking people up in these movies and stuff. But um, um it was really fun. I, I don't know. I don't remember the joke. I just remember it was funny. But all you had you suspension of disbelief. So uh, I don't think I made that comparison right. But the guy was just saying how in other realms he was comparing the action figure how big it would be compared to Spider-Man. Um, and all you have to do is be bigger than Bella. And you can, and you can do that with her. Kaylin Deaver is a beast. Um, I'm excited to see that if it's true. I know Tim and I talked about that. Like when we were reviewing, um, no one, no one can save you. I think that movie, that Hulu movie that she was in, um, when she's fucking up those aliens, like that's Ellie. That, that's you know. But uh, Bella sold me on it, and if if it's true, I'm excited for that because that's gonna be that's gonna be a formidable opponent. She's likable, so it's going to make. There, there was this other young woman that that was uh, that fans were talking about. And she looks like Abby in the video game. But I don't know. I don't remember if her character was super likable. But for what I think Naughty Dog was trying to accomplish in the video game, I think they would that would uh, permeate throughout the series if Caitlin Deaver is... I don't even think that's the right word. If Naughty Dog. What they were trying to accomplish with Abby in the video game, I think will play better on the TV series. If Caitlin Deaver is Ellie, if Caitlin Deaver is Abby, that's what I want to say. I think what they were trying to accomplish, that'll that'll be there. So. I'm excited to see that. It probably won't happen. Probably won't get to see it until 2025 at the at the earliest. I'm just going to put my expectations to be a year out. And if it comes sooner, then I will be happy about that. But um yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Anytime some kind of content comes out, I'm going to check for it. And the people that lie and bullshit about Oh, I'm not going to man. That shit was sold out. I was surprised that I was able to get the link and even have the opportunity to get it Uh, that because that shit could be more ruthless than uh, the sneakers app, to be honest with you. Um, All right. So let's talk about some music and movies and get the fuck out of here. Muzak. I know I don't talk about music a lot like like I used to, but. I'll give you two recommendations. Amber Navran of Moonchild. She came out with this album called Knock on the Orange Door, her solo, a solo release. Um, I was, remember looking at my phone a couple weeks ago and like, oh, Knock at the Orange Door has been out for two. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know about that. And so I immediately went to my went to uh, add it to my um, Apple Music. And I was listening to it, driving driving around. She's really great, man. I really love her stuff. I love her voice. I love 
the type of music she puts out. My favorite type of music that's not hip hop, but just my I think my favorite type of music in general is just mid tempo soul, just like a jam. You know, like I, I just and this is this is going to be of um this is gonna be like a uh I don't know if if you'll be able to understand this comparison. I'm not and I'm not trying to sound like a douche by saying it, but maybe some of you will ride with me on this. This album, I think it's like twenty let me see. It's like is it maybe twenty seven minutes? Let me see. It's like um the album is yeah, twenty seven minutes, seventeen songs. It reminds me of a, a an MF Doom album. And but it, but this is like a white girl from California singing soul music. So I know like on the surface it doesn't you say, What the fuck are you talking about, Chris? How some of these songs are no the longest song on this album is two minutes and thirty-eight seconds. Some of them she's not even singing on here. Uh I think she produced she yep, recorded and produced by Amber Navran. It's just like I'm showing I'm singing on these some of these, some of them I'm not. And there's a jam that's like I think this song is called Around. And it's that's the longest song, and that's like that's a fucking jam. And then there's some of these joints that's like Hiatus Coyote has a record. I think it's called Only Only Time All the Time, where that where uh, Napalm is just singing that, but the beat is fire as fuck. And I don't even think I think that's on Choose Your Weapon. I thought this was gonna be a short part. <laughs> See, every time I say. This is gonna be a short podcast because I got I got stuff to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to therapy, and I, I'm just like I'm I'm just kind of like too cool for you guys. So this isn't gonna be a long one. Choose your weapon is the hiatus coyote song. I think that's 2015. Yep. Only time, all the time. Making friends with Studio Owl. A minute and three seconds. Might be. Might be. The best track on the album. And this album is 69 minutes and 14 seconds. There's some great songs on this. There is some great. This album, you can you don't need to skip. There's really no skips on this. Apparently, the deluxe version of of Choose Your Weapon has a Making Friends with Studio Owl Club mix. I gotta look that up. Okay. Anyway, it kind of reminds me of a Doom album. And really, the way that I understood MF Doom was through the artist formerly known as Most Deaf, uh, when he was talking about, um, oh my God, oh my God, why do I have a blank? I see the album cover, The Ecstatic. When he was talking about The Ecstatic, how it's kind of short records, little interstitial things, and then a song. And a, a short song at that. That's what this reminds me of. Even it reminds me of like most most Yasin Bey's interpretation of an MF Doom album, but just soulful jams and a velvety voice. 
I would have loved to to have seen her perform with Robert Glasper. But I while well, she she did like a little stint at the Blue Note, then she came back with Tank and the Bangers. So if she's there again, I'll, I'm gonna try to see her. But I was fortunate enough to see Moonchild before the pandemic, and they I, if you haven't heard of Moonchild before, check them out. Uh, they're they're really good, and uh, they came out with like an acoustic or like an unplugged live version of some of their popular songs. Um, let me let me see what it's called because um, my favorite track. It's called, it's called uh, Reflections, and they, it's like twenty five minutes, and it's acoustic versions of some of their most popular records. My favorite. I don't know if this is my favorite Moonchild song, but my favorite record from this Reflections EP is Runaway. Runaway. Uh, so if you, it's just called Runaway. I'm not gonna run away Something like that's how I kind of go like that But anyway um, That is a great great record So if you're if you're interested check out the reflections So first of all you want to check out knock at the orange door Knock on the orange door And then if you like that check out moonchild they got a lot of great songs So it would uh, yeah, they're just really great. Um, the second album I want to talk about is an album called Africa. Africa with a K in it. So you know it's serious. By Blue and Knots. Blue is one of my favorite modern day rappers post the the year 2000. Uh, he's been around, I mean, ever since I heard uh, Below the Heavens with that album that he did with Exile in, in uh, 2007 uh, that got released. Um, just been a fan ever since, saw him live. He's like one of these rapping ass rapper, rap rackers. He's one of these rapping ass rap rappers. He's terrific. I got to see him live in Brooklyn like uh, years ago. And um, he's terrific and it just seems like he's continues to get better and better. I was listening to this. I, I um, was listening to uh, um, Matthew Perry's, the late, great Matthew Perry's uh, book, um, audio book. And sometimes when I'm driving, uh, like I can get, I was fucking tired. I can get tired and just hearing somebody like a podcast or anybody's voice is just like, oh my God, I need some music. So this Matthew Perry book, I'll talk about it a little later. I actually listened to Black Thought's book uh, and and uh, I got Jamel's, Jamel Hill's book in the, in the, uh, on, on the, in the, in the on deck circle after this Matthew Perry one. But like, it's, it's, it's really good, but it's like, okay this this is like seven in the morning i i need to i need to get i need to listen to music so i started listening to this it's 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 really good um knots i didn't realize knots was from norfolk virginia and his birthday is the same day as mine february 21st but he's three years older 
And I also didn't, I know he's done, he's done stuff for Little Brother and all these people. And I didn't know that he worked with Bilal on the Love for Sale album that got shelved. Uh, this guy is a fucking beast. And I've always liked his stuff. I just didn't, I didn't realize we had that. We were both uh, birthday twins. I knew he was a dope producer, but I didn't know like the extent of his catalog, like going to Bilal. I knew he was working on all these hip hop cats that I enjoy, but uh, I think this is might be their second or third album that they did together. Let me see. Um, uh, I know they did an- at least one other one. I thought they've done yeah but blues done he's so prolific that he's done a lot of music it's hard to keep up with and you you just like oh he's got a new album out oh shit oh oh oh, i gotta listen to it this is hard yo this this album album is really good he he he's like spitting hard on this and i i blue is like sneakily he's it's almost like he's kind of hiding in plain sight where it's just like yo this dude is fucking terrific and I've always been a fan, but there's this album, uh, this album that I talked about earlier. I think it came out this summer. No, it came out in September. It's really like this this record, Real Bad Man and Blue. And, and Real Bad Man, I talked about this a couple months ago. I think they're a collective of, of producers in California. And they did this album with uh, Blue that came out in September. That's also really good. That to me, I mean maybe listening to this a few more times puts it in higher ranking but like and i and i don't have like a lot of um i don't i don't talk about music as much as i'd like to on here but like the killer mike album was terrific from what from what i have heard i'm not saying that you know it's just what i've listened to because i'm mainly a podcast guy and i watch youtube like the kids do um, I don't know what the kids content is, but I'm constantly on YouTube all the time. But this these two projects so like so Killer Mike amazing album uh and and this one I listened to and the Little Brother 2 pack is fire. And like it just, you know, Elzai is also good. Elzai came out with the, with an album called uh what is it? Ver, something vibrato. What is it called? Um, heavy vibrato. That's really good. Yeah, so it's some it's some really good stuff out there. I just haven't um, been able to listen to a lot of it because I'm just not in that realm. But I think I got to get back to my basics of just chilling and playing 2k or madden where i don't have to think that much i can just vibe out to the music that's usually what i do or when i'm driving around uh but yeah i'm i'm excited about this music that's out uh, and I'm, i'm enjoying it um let's see how how much more can you guys stand of me let's do two let me talk about two movies saw a couple movies the last movie i saw in the theater was the renaissance movie by beyonce and i said that uh i said that like i wanted to get a review from a gay guy and uh my favorite film critics on youtube surprisingly 
didn't do my, my fish jelly guys didn't do a renaissance review but i think that maybe they're i think they're more like janet jackson fans like I'm, i know that they are but i don't know if they i don't know they, they're so into doing the films like that'll be considered for oscars i guess or or really just the mainstream films with this beyonce thing maybe they just didn't review it or whatever but I wish that they would, but, um, yeah, not that many, um, so I was looking for a gay guy to review the Beyonce, and I did find a gay man who did it, and, uh, <laughs> he was talking about a guy, I was like, oh, he, he was talking about a guy that, uh, solicited him in the bathroom after the movie, and I was like, oh, this is, this is, um, uh, all right, that was added to the content of, uh, of what of what uh your review was but i get it i it's always good to bring yourself into your your movie reviews and and helps you people get a a perspective um but i think he i don't know i think he was i don't know if he liked it as much as me but i really did like it anyway all right so i saw this movie that came out i didn't realize it had come out on netflix uh May, December, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Let me read you the blurb. 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Stars, once again, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Natalie Portman plays the actress coming to uh, research Julianne Moore's character for an indie film. And uh, she's married to uh, the Charles Melton character who was 13 years old when they when she got caught having sex with him. She was 36 ish. And it's really just an interesting character study. Now, a lot of people really a lot of people that I follow, quite a few gave it four stars and um yeah five some no just four i i gave it three i think it's really good i think i may have to see it again but um right now i'll give it three stars it's on netflix it's an natalie portman and julianne moore are never gonna let you down so it's an interesting character study and i i totally get that um it's 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 fine it's on netflix uh, the subject matter is like, wow, this is really fucking weird. But uh, but stuff, this stuff did happen. There was a story of, uh, I think, a teacher having sex with a young kid, young boy, and getting she going goes to jail. She gets pregnant, and they have a kid, and it's kind of about how what they did twenty years ago, how it affects everybody in their savannah. Uh, town Savannah Georgia town so you know everybody in the community how they kind of look look at them and and the Natalie Portman's character goes around and kind of interviews people and it's a it's a very it's a very solid grown-up movie and I I did like it I was entertained I I like those both those actresses you tell me that they're in something I'm gonna check for it I'm gonna I'm gonna see it this documentary that I, I saw, um, Paramount Plus exclusive, The Choice is Yours, 
which is the story of rapper and artist Andres Drez Vargas Titus, part of the legendary 90s hip hop duo Black Sheep and his incredible journey from being on top of the game to struggling with civilian life and staring down the barrel of his last chance at success. I didn't know about this one until the homie Brian McGinnis, friend of the show, a couple people were texting me about the Little Brother documentary. One of my buddies uh, hit me up. He was like, do you know about this? I was like, dude, you know I know about this Little Brother documentary. But when I was texting uh Brian, we're going back and forth. He's like, yeah, you know, I like this one. I, I really like the Black Sheep Doc. I was like, what? There's a Black Sheep Doc? And so I started watching it last week, and it was really good because I didn't know that much about uh, Black Sheep. I just knew that that record was really good, and I did not, like, in that 96 era, 95, 96, I was kind of, it was, it stuff didn't open up for me really until I left for college. So I knew I was mainly in the in the mid in the 90s. I was a Tribe Called Quest guy. I like Snoop and Dre. And some West Coast stuff, but my taste wasn't as expansive as it as it was. uh, As it had gotten back then, my taste wasn't that expansive. So it's mainly R&B, some hip hop guys, some the some New York stuff. I I knew that this Black Sheep record was dope, but I just wasn't checking for it. And it, and so I didn't know that much about about it and it, it it was really good. And there's some really there's a part where it, it it takes a turn and it's like, "Oh shit. Oh, and then there's some really sweet, beautiful moments uh, towards the end that I really liked. Some of the best moments in the film, um, I thought. So I, I gave this five stars. Um, I really did like it. It's on Paramount Plus. I have the subscription through Amazon, so it's I forget how it works. I think I have Prime, and then I think I paid through parent I don't know all these streamers have my money it's it ends up costing more than fucking cable Uh, everybody's raised their prices and I think somebody said they might all like glom into one thing but I after telling you an hour and probably 15 minutes ago an hour and 12 minutes ago or whatever it is that it's just gonna be a short one it was an hour and change so I hope that you all got something out of this. I'll have to remember what I talked about. I know I sung a R. Kelly pen, pen song. Um, if there, if I start to garner some more success, maybe you can try to cancel me with that song that I sung. So, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all. And I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.